To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. RIP Hyperloop One. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. At CES last week, I took my first ride on the Vegas Loop. West Hall, straight down. It was built by Elon Musk's The Boring Company. In 2013, Musk floated the Hyperloop, a way for people to travel long distances at super fast speeds via pods and vacuum sealed tubes. This was not that. Wait. Is this what I think it is, or am I very confused? Because what I'm seeing right now is what looks like a bunch of Tesla cars. <laughs> that are just going to drive me into a tunnel. <laughs> Developing actual Hyperloop technology is proving really hard. Just ask Hyperloop One, a startup that recently shut down after a decade of trying, as Bloomberg's Sarah McBride found out. They had trouble establishing credibility. And the second thing was the technology was so advanced, people kept doubting that it would ever get done. And nobody took that leap of faith to build it. So this is a company where in its very earliest days, there um, was a bizarre situation where the chief technology officer and co-founder came into work one day and found a noose curled up on his desk. And um, there was a lawsuit, all the co-founders suing each other. That guy eventually got fired. Then there was a former executive from Cisco running the company. He left. They brought in a former executive from the the high transit system in Hong Kong. He ended up leaving. A guy called Josh Geigel, he ended up leaving. So there were a lot of huge egos and they built a test track, but a test track is very different to a functioning Hyperloop. Yeah, let's talk about that, because I, I distinctly remember in 2016, all these Bay Area tech reporters making their way down to Las Vegas en masse to yeah. watch the first Hyperloop One safety test. And the idea seemed to have so much promise then. Right. So that was just a little track. I think it was perhaps about a mile long and... The idea for Hyperloop at the time was to go hundreds of miles. They 
later scaled that down a little bit and said it would be for freight, not for people. But part of the reason they had to do that was the danger to people is considerable traveling in a hyperloop. People would travel in little pods that would itself be in an enclosed tube, but the tube would be at vacuum conditions or near vacuum conditions, and that would enable the pod to travel with no friction. Technically, those challenges could have been overcome, but the problem is if uh, humans are exposed to vacuum conditions, it has a really bad effect on your body. Your uh, The pressure in your eyes, for example, comes, I mean, how gross do you want to get? Basically, your <laughs> eyelids pop out and your blood boils. <laughs> But even just going to freight, they could never quite get anybody to make the hundreds of millions of dollars of commitment it would have taken to build just one of these. We'll be right back with more on the demise of Hyperloop One with Sarah McBride of Bloomberg News. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Bloomberg News reporter Sarah McBride. Well, I want to ask about your experience covering this company, Hyperloop One. Uh, What has it been like to cover it and watch its development these last many years? You know, I have to say, there's something so captivating about the idea about traveling at these intense speeds without having to get on an airplane. Their initial promise was cities like L.A. to San Francisco in you know less than half an hour. The problems, though, are so many. It's not just the technology, it's the regulation. Another company tried to build a small, similar system just in a part of Los Angeles, and they got sued to kingdom come. There's this dream, and then it butts up against the reality of nobody wanting one of these things in their backyard. I was struck watching you uh, on Twitter saying you're going to actually miss covering Hyperloop when when you were sharing this article about them shutting down. What are you going to miss? Just the big dream of it. Just the idea that you'd possibly be able to step into a pod in a city like San Francisco and be in L.A. a half hour later without ever having to go to an airport. But you have to be realistic in a company trying something like this has to be prepared to talk about the regulation and the technical challenges. And they weren't always prepared to face the criticism, which was too bad. I wonder if there is a bigger lesson to draw from the death of Hyperloop One uh, from that company. Does it say something about the state of the tech industry right now? Yeah, I think there was a time when if you had enough force of personality, you could raise money and keep going. And now money is really tight. Venture capital fundraising is way down. Venture capital spending is way down. There haven't been huge IPOs of venture-backed companies in the past couple of years. That said, I just talked to a Swiss Hyperloop company, SwissPod, that just raised $2 million in December. So there are still people trying, but it's really different to raise a few million dollars and have some design prototypes compared to actually building a functioning Hyperloop that can take 
passengers. That was Bloomberg's Sarah McBride. We can add Hyperloop One to our list of recent segments on this show on tech projects that are dead or probably will be soon. We've linked to our profile of Netflix's DVD service, which died last year, and the metaverse, whose prognosis is alive but barely. We've also linked to Sarah's article on the closing of Hyperloop One on our website, marketplacetech.org. It includes a photo from way back in 2016, during the first run of the propulsion system at the startup's test site in North Las Vegas. Sarah talked about how much easier it used to be to raise money in tech. The final tally of funds raised by Hyperloop One, according to PitchBook, is more than $450 million since its founding a decade ago. Meanwhile, TechCrunch reports the company's death could be good news for high-speed rail in California, a perennially argued-over project here in the Golden State. The idea for Hyperloop reportedly came from Musk's hatred of California's proposed high-speed rail system. The Biden administration recently announced $6 billion in funding for it. Daniel Shin produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.